listening to the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies, techniques, and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment. Life isn't about external success. It's all about fulfillment. Or in other words, how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. Our guest today is a certified yoga therapist and creator of Make Peace with Stress, which is a yoga therapy program for smart, capable, and stressed out men and women. After experiencing firsthand the impact that incorporating some of the most fundamental principles of yoga had on her overwhelmed life, she knew that she needed to share it with as many people as possible. She believes wholeheartedly that we're all meant to do the inner work to become more present, calm and confident and that our personal fulfillment changes the whole world for the better when not mentoring men and women who struggle with stress she can be usually found under a pile of books or working on writing her first book about how to take charge of your chaotic mind and focus on what's really important to you and one of the main reasons why i brought this amazing guest on the show is because i know there's a lot of stress right now given the whole covid19 pandemic and she is someone who gives you really practical tips, um, both on the mental side and even the physical side that can help you to find a place of groundedness, calm, and centeredness amidst all the chaos going right now. So if you're in a really bad headspace or maybe you're isolated in quarantine or anything of the sorts like that, this is going to be an episode that's going to help you get through it. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Stephanie Weikert to The Art of Fulfillment. How are you today, Stephanie? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Joe. I'm great too. And um, I'm really, really excited to speak with you. Um, You're an expert in teaching a yoga philosophy for overwhelmed non-yogis. And I can tell you right now, just given current events with all the overwhelmed yogis and non-yogis out there with this coronavirus, I don't think that there's a better time to have you on the show than right now to teach the the different principles that you've learned over your lives and teach the people that you touch. So I think, again, it's going to be a very relevant episode for a lot of people out there who are dealing with massive anxiety. But before we get into the practical steps and everything, I always like to dig into why a person does what they do and how they got to that path. So could you give just like a little brief introduction to like how you got started on this path? What drove you to teaching these yoga philosophies to people who are quote unquote non-yogis and essentially why you love to do what you do? Yeah, good. Thanks for asking. I My story is pretty interesting. In my late teens, I started struggling with stress and stress-related anxiety. Things were sort of rocky at home. And I, you know, was a senior in high school and really struggling to know what was next. And um, just started um, living from a place of fear, really, in hindsight. I didn't know it at the time, but, you know, Really, um, really struggling with being able to to make clear choices and that sort of thing. And over the course of the next decade, um, so pretty much all through my twenties, I, um, I I I lived a stress filled life. And during that time, I struggled a lot with over drinking, with you know drugs, with not being able to maintain a job. Um, And all the while, I was doing some amazing things. I bought a house um, on my own in my mid-20s. I, Even though I was bouncing around with um, a lot of different jobs, they were great jobs. And um, I was excelling even though I couldn't follow through for a very long time. And the other thing that happened during this time was I developed a, what I now know is a body focused repetitive behavior. Mm. And what that was, was that it was almost like a nervous twitch, right? People, you hear people being like biting their nails or Mm. being super fidgety. It was just like that, but 
specifically, I pulled on my eyebrows and my eyelashes. It was like Mm. just this nervous habit when I was feeling anxious. It was just this thing that sort of distracted me slash was satisfying in an odd way. And um, somewhere around, I think, 26-ish, 27, I I had no eyebrows or eyelashes at all. Oh. I pulled them all out. Yeah, which is I, it's not a good look. I don't recommend it. <laughs> but but that was really the the thing that um, that spurred my change. That spurred the the realization that I had to do something differently that I had to what I now think of as take charge of myself Mm -hmm. um and there's actually a somewhat dramatic story I bought the house that I was talking about and I was renovating it and on my own which you know in hindsight was crazy (laughs) but I was in the bathroom um one evening I'd been working I'd been like demoing this bathroom all day and I had a moment where I was just completely exhausted from like days and days and days of working by myself in this house. And I went into the bathroom and I sort of like had this, I looked around and I had this sense of like, what the hell have I gotten myself into? Mm. And I turned and I saw myself in the mirror And even though like every morning I'd brushed my teeth and, you know, gotten ready for my day and and seen myself in the mirror, there's something different about that moment because I felt like I really saw myself from almost from outside of myself Mm. and having no eyebrows or eyelashes looks kind of freaky, right? It's kind of a weird, weird, startling thing. Um, and in that moment that I really saw myself, I, I just had this overwhelming sense of like, I've got to do something. Like I've got to take charge of myself. I've got to get my shit together, <laughs> which is probably the words that were in my mind right. at the moment. Like I got to get my shit together. Um, but it was this eyebrow and eyelash pulling sort of habit that I decided I was going to change. And, you know, I I say, I'm writing a book right now. And I say in the book, I I recognize that there was probably a bit of vanity sort of spurring that on that I I looked so weird. Um, But uh, what I learned years later about that is, is that often there is sort of one thing in our lives that we can focus on that has a cascading effect. Mm. But anyway, back to the taking charge of the eyebrows and eyelashes uh, sort of pulling issue. Um, I didn't know how I was going to st- going to stop myself from doing that so but I knew in that moment like I've got to stop doing Mm -hmm. this and so the next time I found myself because I didn't have any eyebrows or eyelashes to actually pull on but I would still like have Mm -hmm. this you know just like people who bite their nails like they're they can't bite them down anymore but they still have their fingers in their mouth trying right um so the next time I I found myself doing that I quite literally, I was sitting down um, at my dining room table and I quite literally pushed the chair out from the table, bent over and put my head down like between my knees and started taking deep breaths and saying to myself, stop, <laughs> just stop, <laughs> just stop yourself, right. just stop yourself. And I don't know if like what the, I mean, what the impetus was for the sort of the bending over. I mean, I, I suspect, I, I suspect also that I had passed out several times in those mm. years. And I think it was anxiety related, you know, not breathing well and just feeling overwhelmed in my nervous system saying, okay, get down on the floor, right. <laughs> save yourself. Um, but but something really started to shift in that in that moment of doing that because I, I did stop for three minutes, mm-hmm. but I did actually stop. And it was this huge realization of like, oh wait, I am in charge of myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, even though this is a, a sort of an has become an automatic habit, 
if I pay attention Mm -hmm. and really notice when I'm doing it, I can stop myself. And so that's what I started doing. Every time I noticed this, you know, sort of like anxious habit happening, I would bend over and take deep breaths and talk to myself, you know, and basically it was like a mantra. Like at first the mantra was just stop, just stop, stop yourself, stop it, stop it, stop doing that. And then the mantra softened a little bit to like, you're okay. Just relax. It's fine. You know, just, you can do this. It's okay. And then the mantra, so to speak, shifted to more toward, you know, like you, you want to be better. You, you want to be more in control of yourself right now. Like you what you know? And so, and, and so that it really evolved from like just trying to stop myself to, even when I wasn't pulling on my eyebrows and eyelashes, still sort of using this technique of bending over and breathing and and getting a you know getting a dialogue going in my mind to ultimately to really focus on what I actually wanted versus mm-hmm. just I mean I did at first want to stop pulling on my eyebrows and eyelashes, but was more forward focused at some point. It, I started to shift to realize that I could use that moment of bending and breathing to to decide how I wanted to move forward in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my eyebrows and eyelashes started to grow back, and it all everything started to shift and it wasn't because I stopped pulling on my eyebrows and eyelashes, but it was because during that process of trying to, 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 of stopping myself from doing that, I recognized that I could take charge of myself and that whatever it is I focused on mentally would become more of my reality. Mm. And that was, at this point, I'd never, ever done yoga. Never really even heard of yoga. So then I sought out. uh, So then at that, after I sort of started to move away from the depths of my stress-related anxiety and depression, um, I, I did come in contact with yoga and I started practicing yoga and when I was going to a weekly class at the local YMCA the teacher was talking um, during the class and was saying things like you know notice where you're feeling the you know the stretch the most in your body and recognize that that's a chance to relax that muscle that's tense and pulling and if you remind yourself of that in your brain and you let that be your experience then that is your experience Mm. and I was like wait a minute that sounds familiar (laughs) that's that's almost exactly the little you know like you know the little steps that I had taken and so fast forward a number of years I ended up leaving the corporate world and training uh, and deciding to to become a yoga teacher Mm. and in the research of what types of yoga teacher training there were and what I should do I came across um, integrative yoga therapy Mm. and when I read about what yoga therapy is I felt like that was what I had experienced without knowing it Mm -hmm. that I was applying you know these principles these insights of yoga as a as a as a form of treatment as a plan or a remedy if you will to an ailment something that I was struggling with and suffering from Um, and so in my yoga teacher training I'm learning about you know some of the philosophy and I'm hearing these things that I had been using and then hearing on the yoga mat at the class in the YMCA and then all of a sudden I'm like oh my god this is like a five plus thousand year old time-tested wisdom Mm -hmm. that I you know sort of spontaneously started using without really knowing sort of what it was 
and it's got legs and okay, this is good. I'm going to, I'm going to really start teaching this and really, you know, focusing, trying to recognize how to use this process to help others. Mm-hmm. And then the last, so, so I started doing that. And, and then the last sort of piece of the puzzle was in 2000 and I think 14, 13 or 14, um, I saw a TED talk by Kelly McGonigal and the TED talk was, the title of it is, um, I think it's how to make stress your friend. Mm. And in this TED talk, she quotes a couple of studies and the studies are this, uh, the first study, this is the super cliff notes, but the first study was 40,000 Americans, adult Americans were asked three questions or two questions. Um, how, how much stress do you experience in your daily life, low, moderate, or high levels of stress in your daily life? And the second question is, do you think stress is bad for your health? Mm-hmm. And the outcome of the, that is that, um, that, well, and then, so then the second study was, so, so there was, okay, sorry, back up. And so the, oh, and then what they did, okay, here's the second part of that first study is, is they followed death records for the Mm -hmm. next eight years to just see. And what they found was not surprising in that people who um, had high levels of stress in their daily life had a, I think it was like a 40 some, 47% increased rate of premature death. Oh, of early mortality, right? And 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 we sort of know that, right? This was like this is science that we think we know in terms of like, yeah, stress is bad for your health and it causes heart attacks and cardiovascular disease, you know, high blood pressure, all these things, right? It's like, oh yeah, we knew this already. Right. But what they found that was incredibly fascinating is that it was only though it was only those who said yes stress is bad for your health hmm. that had the such dramatic increased rate of early mortality and the group uh, in the study that had the lowest death rates were not the people with low levels of stress not even the people with moderate levels of stress but the people with the lowest mortality rate of these, maybe it's 30,000 adults, said um, were, were the people who had high levels of stress but didn't believe it was bad for their health. Whoa. Right? Shocking. That's crazy. And, yeah. And, and so the follow-up study, well, it wasn't really a follow-up study. It was another study, but that, that really related is that people who um, – high levels, people who had high levels of stress were put on, were given a social stress test and their hearts were monitored Mm -hmm. and people that believed or, or, and and then beforehand they were broken up into two groups and one group was told that stress is bad, you know, bad for your health. And, you know, so when you feel, you know, your heart racing and all of this, like, you know, call, try to calm down because it's really, it's not good. Right. And then the other group of people were were told that stress is how is your body's way of trying to help you through the situation. And they're like, you know, when you feel your heart beating, it's just trying to get more blood to your brain and to your muscles so that you can do what you need to do. And when your breath changes, it's just really trying to, you know, get more oxygen in so that you can really focus and show up and, you know, thrive in this situation. Mm-hmm. And so so then the two different groups were put through a social stress test. And what they found was that the people who were told that stress is bad for their health, their arteries constricted. And this is why stress is associated with cardiovascular disease, right? The, the blood vessels around your heart shrink down, they tighten up, and it makes your heart have to work harder to push blood out. And that's why people who have high levels of stress get, have heart attacks. Mm-hmm. The other group 
not only did their arteries not constrict these this was these were the people that were told that their stress response is beneficial was trying to help them in that stressful you know challenging demanding situation that those that group they did their arteries not only did not constrict but they even dilated a little which allowed a lot of blood to flow around their heart and we know that this is what happens in your body when you experience courage and joy. Mm-hmm. How fascinating is that? That's incredible. So I'd been teaching, you know, so I had this experience of changing my life, then learned through a yoga practice with at the YMCA that what I was doing had legs in yoga then trained in yoga therapy and learned that this not only that had legs, it was like really specifically the techniques that I'd used were, you know, rooted in this ancient uh, philosophy. Mm-hmm. And then I see, and so I'm, and I'm teaching it and I'm, you know, working one-on-one with clients and they're getting really good results using this process that I, you know, have been that I had used and then honed a little bit, of course, as I learned more about it. And then I see this TED talk that basically the result is when you change your mind about stress and about how you feel and what you think about stress and that feeling of adversity in your body, you not only reverse the physiological effects of stress, but you actually cultivate courage and joy. You cultivate these other emotions that allow you to move forward in a bigger, better way to to really thrive. And that's what happened to me. When I I decided that I was going to stop pulling on my eyebrows and eyelashes and used that specific sort of stress symptom, if you will, to start to work on my mindset, <laughs> then my whole life started to change. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and, and, and I started to really thrive. I decided to, you know, leave what I had been doing that wasn't fulfilling and to study yoga and then, you know, work with people and help people. And I mean, to this day, Joe, I'm still using this process when I'm experiencing challenges or inner resistance, adversity, I'm still using the same process of really paying attention to it and recognizing it as helpful and an opportunity to be intentional and to choose the way that I want to show up rather than, um, you know, letting it take over and, you know, so I'm using it as an opportunity to take charge of myself mm. and to cl- and to use that use that energy of stress as a, as a catalyst for growth is what the way I like to say it. Right. Still, twenty plus some plus years later. Right. Exactly. And I appreciate you sharing your story and all the detail and everything. And I'm absolutely just just amazed at the progress that you were able to make and go from this place of extreme stress to one where I can see your eyebrows are great. They're beautiful. You got eyelashes. So you know it's working. <laughs> you know you're not lying. To yep. Me, yep. And, and you're teaching people. <laughs> right. Stuff, right. And, and I, I loved that Ted talk. I was actually, my mind was pretty blown on that because I've always been a believer that your feelings are usually determined by how you perceive things and what your labeling and meanings are. Right. But it's interesting to see that like you can still feel those things, but if you just reframe what they mean, it actually is going to have a, a, a positive health effect, right? Like on your body, which is that's right. And so my question to you is like, what does that process look like for someone who's listening right now who may be feeling a lot of stress, whether it's, you know, from this whole coronavirus situation or maybe their job or getting used to working at home right now, or maybe just even outside of this coronavirus, maybe they've had that, that just constant stress from their job or whatever, like this, what does that actual process look like that maybe you teach people or do for yourself to be able to reframe it in a way that serves them so that they can use it to benefit them instead of hold them back? 
Yeah, I'm so glad you asked because it I have really honed it as a way to uh, um, not only as a way for small challenges, but for big challenges and um, simplified it. And so here's here's a really easy way to remember it. Pause now. So the pause is the, the opportunity to take charge of yourself, right? We all have had this sense of, you know, being sort of in a downward spiral of like, oh my gosh, this is happening in, you know, the fear and the projection and the anxiety, right? So the pause part is just stop yourself for a second literally just a second. In fact, I've, I've become a great fan of Mel Robbins' five-second rule. Have mm -hmm. you heard about this? Absolutely. Right? And so, yeah. So just literally that moment of like the way she teaches it, counting down five, four, three, two, one, just stops the pattern because the way that our brain works is when we do things repeatedly, mm -hmm. it becomes automatic, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yep. And so, but even though something is automatic, like for me, the pulling of the eyebrows and eyelashes and many other things, but that, that was a, a really uh, strong example. Even though something is, you know, automatic, and I'm using air quotes here, doesn't mean that you're out, that it's totally out of your control. So the pause is just for a second, stop yourself and say, oh, wait a minute, stop, just for a sec. And then the now is an acronym um, that is simplified, that is the way to think about these three tools from yoga philosophy simplified. The N stands for notice. Mm. And the noticing in yoga is the practice of self-study. Um, but but the noticing is about going inside and like what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, off the top of my head right now, it might be, you know, I'm working from home. I've got the, you know, news on all of the time and I'm seeing these numbers and I'm, I don't know, if, you know, like my, where my next paycheck is coming from. I don't know when I'm going to go to the grocery store, if I'm going to have toilet paper next week. I don't, you know, I don't know what's going to happen and look at these numbers and oh my God, you know, so that, that spiraling, right? So you, so you, when you notice what's happening, you, you pay attention to it as if from outside of yourself. And so sometimes I use the metaphor of a snow globe, right? You, when you, when a snow globe is, you know, like, shaken up, shaken up, shaken up, and then set down. And then you just look at it and you, you look at what's going on in there. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you do for yourself. You sort of look within yourself as if you're a snow globe. What, what's the, what's the status of things in there? And for most of us, when we're using this technique, it's, you know, blizzard like conditions, right? It's chaos in there. Absolutely. There's swirling in the craziness, right? So so notice what's going on and you can really start to get specific, right? Like um, noticing, you know, the thoughts that are in your head or the tension that's in your body or noticing your, you know, the, the quality of your breath in that moment or just really paying attention to what you're, what, what's going on inside of you because, you know, like your stress response is, a, is there to serve you your your our bodies are quite literally just constant sources of information right mm -hmm. constant sources of information so so getting down into your into yourself and saying okay what's happening right now not because there's anything to solve or fix or whatever, but just simply to be with yourself versus mostly, you know, all up in your mind, spiraling out of control into some potential future that may or may not ever happen. The O is open to the opportunity, mm -hmm. right? And the, the yogic practice is surrender, and people have a little bit, can have a little bit of a negative connotation to surrender, but often surrender and submission are confused. Mm. Submission is, okay, fine, I'm going to deal with this. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to, I'm going to just manage working from home in the mix, in the midst of this global pandemic, but I don't like it and I don't want it. Surrender is 
there's something here for me. There's a lesson, there's insight, there's an opportunity for growth. And so the O of the NOW acronym is open to the opportunity. Because whenever we're in a moment of extreme stress or anxiety or depression or overwhelm or frustration or anger or whatever it is, there's an opportunity there that that is happening because it's trying to show you something. It's trying to show you that something inside of you is out of alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may, it's almost always between your ears, right? It's almost always the, the thought, you know, of something that may or may not be true or, you know, the, the judge judgment or, you know, the self-deprecation or whatever, like there's a gazillion things, but opening to noticing that you're in that having that experience and opening to it as an opportunity and quite literally saying one of the ways that I love to teach it is going from, Oh no, like, Oh no, we're having a global pandemic and what's going to happen to the world. It's a legitimate experience, right? To from, Oh no, to, okay. Okay. We're having a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? Right. It's a big shit. It's subtle, but super potent. Right. Oh no to, okay. Right. And you tend to do, oh no, with like, and okay with like, okay, you know, you're more open there. What's here. What's going on. As we were talking about before you started recording, like there's, there's a lot of potential positive shifts that can happen on the planet. I mean, Already they're seeing, we're seeing, you know, massive um, positive shifts in the environment because Mm -hmm. there's so much, many less, you know, so much less cars and planes and, you know, production and manufacturing and all of that is slowing, coming to a screeching halt and the air quality is improving dramatically. Mm -hmm. We don't even know that maybe in the past week of this if we've bought ourselves you know potentially years to reverse climate change I don't know but maybe the idea is being open to the possibility right open to the opportunity you have the W of the now acronym is welcome and it's about welcoming what you want Mm. Right. So you find yourself in a, you know, a mental downward spiral of fear and panic. You stop yourself. You say, okay, this is what's going on for me. I'm spiraling. I'm, you know, freaking out right now. What's here for me? I'm, I'm okay. This is an opportunity. What's going on right now? What, what am I meant to understand? What am I and it may just be, okay, I'm meant to understand that I can take charge of myself and stop this and get off this roller coaster. Or it may be something else, always different um, or not. But the idea is just opening to it and then welcoming. How do you, welcoming what you really want? How do you really want to show up? The, the yogic practice is intention, intention mm-hmm. setting. And it's about in that moment being clear for yourself about how you want to show up for yourself Mm -hmm. or for your family or for your work or for whatever situation you're in, but always for yourself first. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you find yourself in a downward spiral, you notice it, you stop yourself, you say, okay, what's here for me? And actually, I don't you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to spend today worried and freaking out. What can, I would rather actually feel like I'm doing something useful. So Mm -hmm. maybe instead I can, you know, volunteer, I can reach out to some friends, I can, you know, see if anyone, you know, needs me to, to do something for them or I, you know, I don't know what, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that the W is about what do I really want to be experiencing right now? Mm -hmm. And then what's my next action to, to move towards that. I love that. That's a great acronym. I'm going to use that next time. I was now. Yes. Pause now. I'm going to pause now. Next time I start freaking out about this virus. Let me tell you. It works. 
Oh, it I, works. I, I can see how it works too. Just, just even like the stopping part, right, can be very unused in today's society and and not even just now like where you kind of have the news flying like all over the place but like in typical day-to-day life we're so distracted by like our phones and the tv and like push notifications and you know we're on a computer most of us all day where you know you have million tabs open like i did like before i was telling you about like so much distraction that i think a lot of people just miss that first step to just pause right literally just yeah just stop and ultimately just assess me like how am I doing and really check into that self-inquiry spot right and I think now's an an excellent opportunity for most people to do that right to be able to sit down and kind of like really assess it on the deeper level because we have the time to ourselves some people like myself I've been you know without human contact basically for like five days so Mm. if there's a time to do it like now is a time and I just think it's if, if people can really incorporate what you're teaching in their day-to-day life, it would just be a massive, 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 um, you know, shift in their mindset and their well-being and then ultimately their physical health. And to kind of go yeah. into physical health as well, um, one of the things that I know you teach are like simple physical movements that, that, you know, like you said in the email to me, like don't require yoga mat or anything like that. What are those right. things people can do, you know? And I think it's, again, it's relevant to the situation when they're working from home and they're just sitting at their computers all day and, you know, maybe they can actually do this here and not in the office, like with a bunch of people. Like, what are some of those movements that you teach that help to rejuvenate the body and the mind and yeah. get right on track? Yeah, a super great one. And I think it's uh, really applicable in this time is something I call self-hug. So it's quite literally wrapping your arms around yourself, hands to opposite shoulders and around. And you want to sit up nice and tall while you do it and squeeze. It's a shoulder stretch. <laughs> and, it, and it really does like help to ease tension in that space right between the shoulder blades where most of us have a lot of holding and gripping and tensing yes. and clenching. But it's also metaphorically, it's about embracing yourself, right? About embracing your your present moment experience and about supporting yourself. Um, so that's a really easy one. And I just want to, you know, sort of say when you do it, you know, give yourself a big hug, take a few deep breaths. You can use the pause now. Um, sort of practice in your mind right in that moment. Um, and But do also make sure you do it with one arm on top and then the other arm on top. And um, that way you're, you're balancing that out. Mm-hmm. Um, another great one that is super applicable to sitting in front of a computer all day, which a lot of us do, is um, what I call arm frame. And so you quite literally take your arms up overhead, bend your elbows, um, grab hold of opposite, you know, wrists or forearms or maybe elbows, but you, you put your head in a frame with your arms. Mm. And when you do this and just stay with it for a moment and breathe with it for a moment, you realize how much tensing and holding and sort of tightening that you're doing in your body and it forces you if you stay with it for I don't know three to five breaths it doesn't take all that much you'll want to stay with it a little longer probably but it really forces you to recognize how you can you have the opportunity right you're noticing how tight and tense your shoulders are and you have the opportunity in that moment to welcome what you really want which is to relax your shoulders and so the process of doing that is an it's an inside job right Mm -hmm. you have to do it from inside of yourself and just holding that shape in your arms will help you recognize what it takes to do that and there's this cool thing about yoga, which is that it really highlights the mind-body connection. And that I I hesitate to even say that because it's so overused and and sort of dismissed, I think, in a lot of ways. But 
But the point is, is that whatever you practice in your body affects your mind and vice versa. Whatever you practice in your mind affects your body. So if while you're giving yourself a hug or while you're doing the arm frame, you work on softening in your body and relaxing in your body, your, your mind also softens and relaxes. It really does work that way. It's pretty incredible. Um, another, uh, other sort of simple moves is, uh, uh, that you can do are, are things like forward folding, right? My story of bending over. Sometimes I was sitting in a chair, sometimes not. And I would just like put my butt against the wall and bend over and breathe. And there's a number of benefits to that. It's again, it's super simple, but you know, not only do you really strengthen your legs, which is nice physically, but also helps you feel more grounded, more connected, more stable, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're, you're, you know, you're, you're getting a sense of your legs are quite literally holding you up in Mm -hmm. in a different way than you do when you're upright. But you also, um, on a physical level, release the weight of your head to gravity, which can help to open up your spine, the space mm. between your shoulder blades that, and the back of the neck, which is really tight and tense for most of us because we're, we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so by bending over and physically releasing some of that tension, you're also sort of uh, sometimes I talked, uh, use uh, this meta- this idea of my with my students of like take off the backpack full of rocks. And so the idea here is that like whenever we have challenging or demanding situations um, that we don't fully process, it's like taking a big rock and putting it in the backpack that you're wearing and just carrying it around with you. And what happens at some point is that the backpack gets so heavy that, you know, you can't bear the weight of it anymore and you have to take it off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in some ways I feel like that's part of what this global pandemic is about is that, you know, our, the, the way that we've been living for decades is not sustainable. And so this is in some ways like the earth, God, spirit's way of saying like, stop, stop Mm -hmm. for a second. (laughs) Let's, Mm -hmm. let's take, let's set this down and reevaluate. So bending over is a way to sort of release some of that weight that we carry. quite literally releasing the weight of your head and using gravity to help sort of stretch out the back of your neck, but sort of mentally and emotionally sort of letting some things roll off our back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also forward bending is very introspective, right? We're quite literally like looking towards ourselves. Yes. On the flip side, a simple back bend might literally be you know, reaching around behind yourself and holding on to opposite wrists or elbows behind you. And what that literally does is it moves the heads of the humerus bones, which are your arm bones, in your shoulder sockets back, but it, and it opens your chest. And so all of a sudden, these muscles, the intercostal muscles between the ribs and, you know, some of the things in the front of the chest that are tight from forward hunching and all of that start to open. So it encourages more breath in your body. But it also is heart opening. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, talking about the, the make peace with stress method of pause now and opening to the opportunity, you can't be open to an opportunity with, you know, with your arms crossed across your chest, you know, and, and, and in that sense, in that place of resistance, and in that Mm -hmm. place of judgment, and, you know, this is wrong, and this is bad, and and being closed down, um, you, you can't be open minded, or open hearted, um, without, literally opening yourself up, right? What's the, there's some saying, I'm not going to be able to say it right now, but something about a closed fist versus an open fist. I don't know what that is, but 
there's something about that and something and there, yeah. right you think about it. yeah right there I, I don't know what it is but, I, I have the same um, feeling right now about it yeah <laughs> it's true it's true you can't you can't receive with a closed fist I don't uh, know what it is I'll, it sounds, I'll look it at sounds it. pretty good <laughs> yeah it works I'll look at I'll look it up and send it to you um but again the you know open Opening in the body helps you to be more open-minded, open-hearted, more forward-thinking, um, forward-facing, seeing possibilities. Um, yeah, so so self-hug, arm frames, great shoulder stretch, forward bend, a back bend by you know, and any anything that helps you open your heart. I like the just the simple idea of reaching around back. Um, another thing that I do quite often is I stand in a doorway and I mm. put one hand on one side and one hand on the other and I just lean out oh. and it's a it's a a beautiful stretch, right? And you can obviously control it, right? And right. adjust your feet. But it's a simple way. What if every time you walked in and out of a room, if you took five seconds <laughs> to be more open hearted and to take a big breath right into your heart, like how would that change your life? It, it would change your life. Yes, absolutely. And I, so coming from someone who practices yoga myself and the profound changes it has had in my life. Like mm -hmm. I can attest to like how powerful, like even just the heart opening thing. Like I know like how woo -woo it might be sound to some people is like, Oh, open your heart. But like, there's this feeling and you said it perfectly. It's like what you do in your body affects your mind and vice versa. Both things are true. Like I've literally seen firsthand from not just myself, but like, you know, veterans with PTSD and people with depression, everything, yes. how movement can literally change your mental state. It can literally change your neurochemistry and everything like that. And doing these simple practices, like you said, I think it's just a great handbook for anyone listening right now who can have these things in their back pocket to pull out whenever they're feeling meh or like they start to like freak out a little bit. Cause I can attest, I mean, I've done, I've done the, the forward folds and the, the back bends. I haven't, I mean, I've done like, you know, the arms overhead, but not like consciously. And same with like the, um, I've actually never hugged myself, which I'll do right now. And I'm doing kind of half-ass because I'm holding this microphone, but felt pretty good. <laughs> but I can, I, I can totally just give my stamp of approval and say like, I, I can totally see how those can just totally change someone's mental state for the better. And I think they're important to do. And um, I think often with mental health and mindset, the physical aspect is one that isn't talked about as much because you know when you have a mental problem what's the first thing you go is like self-help books therapy like yeah. some sort of you know i don't know i don't know something in those kind of podcasts whatever but we rarely say how is my physical body doing right they, there's such a connection between the two and i love how you incorporate this and i think it's a great great tools for people to use. And um, I wish I could talk with you for way longer because I know that you have so much information to share and um, you've already given so much for our listeners to take away and help them to not just carry out a better frame of mind in this global pandemic, but I think for their lives, um, for their careers, in their relationships, anything of the sorts for both yogis and non-yogis out there who are listening to this podcast. And I'm sure many of our listeners are also super excited to learn more from you and, and connect with you. Um, so where can our listeners do that? What platforms are you on? Where, where's all your stuff? And you know, where can our listeners dive in more if they want to uh, explore more of your world? Yeah. So um, one of the fun things that I have that I think what, based on our conversation that would be um, of interest is my stress type quiz. Mm. So if you go to makepeacewithstress.com, there's a button right at the top that says, I think, start now. And you can take my stress type quiz and find out um, how you stress. There's um, catastrophizers, <laughs> there's freezers, and there's imploders. And <laughs> it sounds like me, you know, <laughs> right. Well, stress is a universal experience. There is some nuance to it. And when you take the stress type quiz, you, at the end of it, you can um, download a, a one sheet 
And that one sheet has a little bit about your stress type and sort of what your focus can be, um, but also some really simple things. Self-hug is one of them. I can't remember which stress type it's for, but, um, but some really simple physical things, breathing things, and mindset things that you can incorporate into your, you know, daily routine really with ease. I like to say that because I, I, while I, you know, teach group yoga classes and always recommend that people um, establish a regular practice, as you know, Joe, it's like super beneficial. Mm -hmm. I, I also feel really strongly about um, spreading the message that you don't, that, that, it, that, working with these things can be truly simple. And because so many of the people that I work with already feel overwhelmed and, you know, fully uh, booked, you know, like they have full plates, they can't take on anything else. Um, I, I, I really like to make sure that everyone knows that you don't have to stop what you're doing in a lot of ways to start to incorporate the, this work. Mm. Um, that's important because, because here's the thing. When you have a pattern of stressing, of struggling with stress, of you know, spiraling, of being anxious, of being over busy, of you know, not stopping or whatever, the idea of taking on something big feels impossible first yes. of all right but 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 when when that's the case you always have a choice that's ultimately very simple the choice is to stay stuck in continuing to do things the way that you're doing them right to stay stuck in your patterns of stressing or to take charge of it mm -hmm. that's it there's no other choices, right? Like you said, you're like, oh, we have meant, you know, when you, and you have, when you're struggling with mental health stuff, you have, you know, you go to the, you know, you, you seek outside help, but, and that's great, of course. But the bottom line is, and I like to think of myself as a compassionate truth teller, <laughs> the bottom line is you can keep doing what you're doing. And just like, oh, when I finally get the to-do list done or, oh, when I finally, you know, get that promotion or, oh, when this global pandemic is finally over, oh, and, you know, when some, the next thing happens at some point in the future, someday everything is going to change. And there's nothing further from the truth, right? Mm -hmm. That is the biggest lie that we tell ourselves. Yes. Someday is not on the calendar. Yes. So taking charge of yourself in a small way in a moment of distress or challenge or, or discomfort or whatever is, is the way to change. Mm -hmm. So the stress type quiz has some things that you can do that are simple as a, as a quick go-to tool when you make the choice to take charge of yourself. Do this thing. Um, yeah, so and and because, you know, yoga therapy is about being very specific. And, you know, like, one of the metaphors that I teach is, uh, or that I use a lot is when you when you go to the drugstore for cold medicine, you you, you choose a cold medicine based on the symptoms that you're experiencing, right? Mm -hmm. You don't get something to um, a cough suppressant if you're sneezing, right? right? If that's right. your symptom, right? And so that's how yoga therapy works, right? It's specific things like forward bends, as we talked about, are more introspective, which is great for someone who is constantly looking outside of themselves for validation. Right. Heart openers are really good for people who are constantly in their own heads and trying to, you know, and, and hiding. Um, so the stress type quiz is beneficial because it helps you get clear a little, a little bit clearer about how you stress and then what's most beneficial for you. Um, so that those tools that you use when you take charge of yourself are as potent as possible. So they work as, as well as they can work. I love that. I can't wait to take it for myself too. Cause I think it's important. I, I never even thought of like my 
stress being a different type than other people's, right? Like I always just kind of thought of stress as kind of like this blanket thing, but I think, you know, it's just like sickness. Like if someone's sick, do they have, are they, are they just have a little cough or do they have coronavirus? Like two different things, right? Like right. I, I love right, it right. To, make, to make a very relevant, probably too soon joke, but, um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's true. I, I think people need to dig in a little more and be more specific with their problems. Cause I think the more specific you are in identifying your problems, the better you can find the solution. Like you said, and I think your quiz will help people get there. So I'm encouraging everyone listening to go check it out and, and ultimately find out your stress type so you can make the decision to take the right action towards fixing it. And so Stephanie, for my last question here, what does fulfillment mean to you and what fulfills you in life? Mm, well, I'll answer the second question first. I think what fulfills me in life is being of service. Mm. Um, because when I was struggling in my life, um, I felt so alone and, and like I didn't have the, you know, the, the resources and the, um, the sense of community and connection, uh, which I felt feel like probably exacerbated it. I, what really fulfills me is just being able to be, to, to connect with people and to be relatable to, you know, to acknowledge that, yeah, while your stress might look slightly different than mine, or while your life experience might look slightly different than mine in when it, you know, when it comes down to it, we're, we all have the same core needs, you know, to be loved, to be seen, Mm -hmm. to, you know, to be acknowledged. And, and so that's so fulfilling to me to, to just be of service and to, to be able to connect with people and say, yeah, I see you. I know what that's like. It may have been a little different for me, but I, I, your experience is valid and you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, that's, I just, I love that. It's, it's, it's so incredibly fulfilling. Um, so what does fulfillment mean to me? I, you know, I, I, the, the purpose of yoga is to help us become our best selves. And that, and that's a, a constantly evolving practice. It's not a like a check a checklist on something on your to do list that you check off and you're like, okay, yeah, done with that. Right. Um, and so I think that's what fulfillment really means to me is is continually um, continually working on myself, not because there's something wrong or that um, improvement is, you know, self-improvement is important, but just recognizing that the, 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 the world, that the problems in the world are a reflection of the, the challenges that we are experiencing collectively and inside of ourselves. So mm-hmm. as an individual, continuing to, you know, work on my own shit, <laughs> continuing to call myself out to, to, you know, to acknowledge when I'm being reactive or, you know, doing something from a place of fear or being judgmental or, um, you know, self-deprecating or whatever. I know that when I do my inner work, that it is um it, that it's of service to to everyone not not yes directly because obviously like i i'm a person who helps people and so obviously the the healthier um you know and the more i'm doing on myself the better i am at what i do as a you know as a, a yoga therapist but i also believe that a rising tide lifts all boats right mm. so so collectively to to heal the world we need to be healing ourselves and so that's what fulfillment means to me is to just really every know that every day the time that i spend being self reflective opening to my challenges as opportunities for growth and and clarifying continuing to clarify 
you know, how I want to experience myself and how I want to show up in the world. That's so fulfilling that, Mm. that, that is what fulfillment is to me. It's, it's doing the inner work in service of, of, of serving the world. I love that. That is beautiful. And I think it's such an important message that the world needs to hear right now. And I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, for sharing your message, for being vulnerable, for being just so willing to contribute and ultimately inspiring other people to take control and ultimately improve themselves so we can all get out of this thing, you know, better than we were before. Because I believe, you know, with people like you sharing your message, you're, you're inspiring others to do the same by doing the inner work yourself. I totally agree that if we can all do the inner work, ourselves we can lift the collective up to a better place so on that note stephanie thank you so much for coming on the episode you are absolutely awesome and i look forward to staying connected in the future for sure thanks for having me joe it was a real pleasure all right everyone thank you so much for listening to this episode of the art of fulfillment we really appreciate you taking the time to tune in and listen given all the amazing podcasts that are out there and you chose this one that means the world to us and to give back especially during this time of just crazy craziness With COVID-19 and the pandemic and the quarantines and the shutdowns and everything like that, we know how stressful it can be. We know how confusing it can be. And if you need someone that's going to help to give you some advice or maybe some coaching or maybe you just need to talk through some things in your life that you're going through right now in the midst of this chaos, please feel free to reach out to me at Joe Corsione on Instagram. And I'm more than happy to set up calls with you. I've gotten an overwhelmingly amazing response from a bunch of you reaching out and helping you with your problems. So if you would like me to help in any way possible, feel free to reach out and I will not charge you. I will not try to sell you anything. Don't worry. I just want to help. So I'm here for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, If you really like this content, feel free. I'm sorry. I'm jumbling my words a little bit. Feel free to subscribe to this podcast and you will get new content every single Wednesday where we'll either interview a guest or I'll be on here just solo cast riffing it all about how you can find your path to fulfillment. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening again. And remember, create a fulfilling life for yourself. Take care.